happy December and welcome back to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. This is Michelle and we have survived Thanksgiving with our families. Was that a first? No, but we've survived. So anyhow, I'm thinking of this day and if I were having a glass of champagne, I think it would be an orange juice type of day. What do you think, Suzanne? Well, I think it would be an orange juice type of day just because of the weather outside. Yeah, like you called out the weather for being so beautiful here in Phoenix and the sky is actually gorgeous with all the clouds, but it's kind of cold. It is cold. And it's hard to believe that a week ago we were in record high temperatures and we've dropped to record low temperatures this week. Yeah, boo. (laughs) But it'll bounce back. That's the beauty of Arizona. It always bounces back. So on today's episode, I think maybe we will talk about first times, like the freshman year blues. That's how I I refer to first times. Yes. And there have been many this year in 2020 and actually all through our lives. Correct. And let me just explain. I've always said to my kids, and I have three of them, that you don't just have a freshman year in high school or a freshman year in college. Our entire life is about freshman years, starting with the freshman year of kindergarten when you start school in general. Kindergarten would be your freshman year of elementary school, and then you're a freshman in high school, and then you're a freshman in college, and then you're a freshman as an adult, leaving college and spending your first year with a job and not being able to enjoy spring break and not being able to enjoy two weeks off at Christmas and not being able to enjoy going to class two hours a day and having the rest of the day to yourself. It's your freshman year as an adult. And then you have the freshman year of marriage when you first get married. I remember that year. (laughs) Right. Don't we all? (laughs) We have stories just on that. And then your freshman year as a parent You know, when you have that first baby and you look at that kid like, what was I thinking and where is the manual to take care of it? Because it's your freshman year. You don't know anything about that baby. You know, (laughs) I'm laughing because I do have a story, but it may be inappropriate. I I don't know if it's inappropriate (laughs) or not. I think you should go for it. It's something I always grew up hearing. So um, when my mom was pregnant with me, I was her first child. And so... She hadn't experienced labor or anything before. She was a little bit nervous. (laughs) So her dad said to her, hey, Mary, just a piece of advice or just something you should know going into delivery. My mom's like, well, what what would that be? And he's like, it went in a whole lot easier than it was going to come out. (laughs) Was that bad? No, it's funny. It's really funny. It's true. That's what he said. It's kind of weird that her dad told her that. (laughs) I think it was her dad. I don't know. I'd be horrified if anyone said that to me, but I find it funny. And actually, I probably have said that to like my sister or something when she was having her kids. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, that, no, I think that's exactly what I digress, was. but it's funny. It was funny. Um, but I'm just thinking about freshman year of parenthood. And I'm going to talk about that first, just because right now my son and daughter-in-law and my lovely little grandson are living with us in Phoenix because they are both working remotely. And so they can live with us. And it's fun to watch Logan, who's nine months old now, 
learned all of his first, his first time doing everything. And also realizing that Greg and Jamie really have no clue what to expect. And not only that, not recognizing the little things like how his curiosity is changing, how when you take something away from him now, he looks for it instead of it just vanishing, which, you know, it's like a separation anxiety thing. It's a developmental skill, but it's just so fun. And we were talking about this. I was telling Jamie about it the other day. It's their freshman year as a parent. So of course, they're not going to recognize everything and they're not, they don't know when to expect him to crawl or when he's going to say his first words. They have no idea when that happens. It's their freshman year. I remember that freshman year. And that was a scary, scary time for me. I mean, I was a new mom, had this new baby at the hospital. And I kind of like true crime shows. I always have. Right. And so when the nurse came to get my baby that very first time and take him back to the nursery, I made her show her credentials because I didn't want her to walk out of the hospital with my new baby. (laughs) (laughs) She just looked at me. But I, I mean, I was nervous. I was a young mom. I was 22 when I had him. And so... Yeah. See, and the difference between you and me is that wouldn't have ever even occurred to me. It would have never occurred to me that someone could actually walk off with my child, which I know happens, but my mind doesn't go that direction. And (laughs) I just, I, I wouldn't have even thought that I could ask. When my first baby was born, I felt like I had to ask the doctors and the nurses permission to do anything. So I didn't even have that parental idea in my head because it's like if I wanted to feed the baby I would say to the nurse is it okay if I pick her up and feed her now asking permission <laughs> from the doctor and nurse how I funny I know well but, it but didn't, you didn't know I didn't know it's like oh this thing belongs to me I mean I make the decisions as far as this baby's concerned you don't I mean that's kind of where my mental my mind was at it was like I don't know what to do with this thing right well my um My husband at the time, my ex-husband now, Cameron's dad, he got the first diaper. And when he went to change it, he didn't like, and he's a guy, but he didn't seem to remember that like when you pull it back and the air comes in that sometimes they pee. And so he got a face full of pee. Like, I'm, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm like sharing way too much today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cameron, I'm sorry. Don't listen to this episode. He was an infant. He He was was an infant. infant. <laughs> but that goes with being a first time parent. That's, yes, it that's does. Your freshman year of having a newborn because you wouldn't know that. Who? No one tells you that stuff. I hadn't even left the hospital at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I I was a nervous mom. Yeah. So now we can backtrack a little bit because I was telling Greg and Jamie it's their freshman year of parenting, and every experience in life it's a freshman year for something. It's your, and I heard someone else describe it as fucking first times. Another podcaster coined that phrase, fucking first times. I like that. I do too. And I'd use it if it, if, if I had coined it, I'd be using it now, but another podcaster used it, but it goes right along with my concept of freshman blues, freshman year blues. And her point in her podcast was coronavirus. It's our freshman year 
of dealing with a pandemic. We have never experienced a pandemic. None of us know what to expect. None of us know what to do. And it's universal. And I think we forget sometimes that not to get political. Suzanne, did you listen to our trailer? No politics. I know. But even our leaders don't really know what to do. We're We're going off of history. And the closest history to a pandemic would be the Spanish flu in 1918. None of us were alive in 1918 or 1917. Remember what year it was, 1917? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, I should call and ask Colton. He's going to be a social studies teacher. <laughs> I Actually, won't. I think it was 1917 Spanish flu. And there's one survivor of the Spanish flu and she's like 104. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And she's the only person on earth who knows anything about the Spanish flu. So anyway, this is our freshman year dealing with a pandemic. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure out what's safe for us. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Do we social distance? Do we not social distance? Do we go to a restaurant? Do we not go to a restaurant? I always believe in going to a restaurant. But I understand. (laughs) Yes, no, I do. I I understand um, everything behind that. And I do take the precautions that they asked me to. But please don't send any hate mail about that. I'm very careful. Okay, but here is another angle to freshman year blues is sometimes you discover things that you never saw coming. Oh, like maybe this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're in our freshman year of our podcast. We're in our freshman year of our podcast, and I've listened to the first two episodes. (laughs) Riley did a really good job editing. Thank you, Riley. But I sure did say the word like a lot. So that is going to be my challenge to, um, and then I just said, um, my challenge will be not to use the word like or um as fillers. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. My challenge with the podcast is to figure out the technology of all this. I think every time we've recorded a trailer or an ad or a podcast, I've screwed it up. You haven't screwed it I've up. There's a learning curve. Yeah, there's a learning curve there. But but I'm cutting myself some slack because this is all new to me. It's my freshman year of doing a podcast. Right. And something else you're going to have to get over is you said you wouldn't listen to the first two episodes because you don't like your voice. I don't like my voice. So you need to become comfortable with your voice. Well, I don't or I just don't listen to our podcast. You're missing out. <laughs> I The viewers would tell you or the listeners would tell you you were missing out. Well, probably so. But it's better that OK, because don't you hate doing something that makes you self-conscious about yourself? Like looking in the mirror (laughs) (laughs) or listening to your own voice, you know, in your head, you hear a different voice and then you hear it recorded and you think, oh, my God, that's awful. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But we're learning. And so thank you for being patient with all the likes and ums from the first episode. (laughs) And uh, hopefully the energy just keeps going up from there. Yeah, I bet no one even heard your likes and ums. I bet it drove somebody nuts. Okay, it well, drove me nuts. Okay, well, see, like my voice drives me nuts. So we both have our issues that we have to deal with. I'm not saying my voice didn't drive me nuts, but it's the only voice I have. So I got to work with it. <laughs> Good point. And I want to listen to it to make sure like there's nothing I want to say at the last minute. Oh, take that out. So what else about our freshman year as podcasters comes to mind for you? Anything? 
Oh, wow. Maybe just the challenge of sometimes getting our vibe up, our energy level up, because we're all living our day-to-day lives and nothing ever goes according to plan. You have your shop, you have issues there sometimes, things that hold you back or make you a little grumpy. You know, I have things in my life too. Uh, My son calls last night and says, I think I need new tires. I'm like, oh, on top of like tuition and needing a new place to live. And so it's just always something. And so those things in life can kind of get us down. Mm -hmm. And so just to find that way before we record to get our energy level. And that's absolutely true. And I'll tell you, I knew we were going to do this this morning and I woke up excited about it. I was like, yes, this will be fun. It's going to be great. But before I got here to meet you, I went to my store and I was so stressed at my store this morning because we put up Christmas over the weekend. And it looks beautiful. You should go to whyhellomodernhome.com <laughs> because her store is actually amazing and they did a wonderful job. Well, that's, that is my website, but I have a, Check it out. yeah, you could look at my website, but it's not very up to date because I don't know how to run a, I have a, I have people who do my website for me, but I have to supply the content for the website, which I am terrible at doing. And so what's your Instagram? That's where I, okay. So it's Instagram and Facebook, which is also why hello, modern home. Okay. Check those because (laughs) you will be amazed by this lady's style. Like it's beautiful. Well, thank you. But I, when I went into the store, first of all, the girls that work with me, they're fantastic. They took their Sunday. They showed up at 10. We worked until six last night and we were all exhausted at the end of the day. But I got to the store this morning at eight and it stressed me out. Things were still a mess. I still had to vacuum the floor. I had popcorn everywhere from unpacking boxes and I hate that popcorn. Oh my God. And it sticks to everything. It does. It's so hard to clean up. And every time I get a package and when I get them from your store and I open it, I'm like, damn those popcorn things. I know. And they stick to everything. Anyway, so I was stressed and there were 10,000 things for me to do, but I wanted to get down here to meet you. Then I headed down here and I forgot my computer. And yeah, so when I came in, my stress level had really dampened my energy. And that's a challenge because it's hard to get your energy back when your mind is somewhere else and you're dealing with other things in your head. But that's the best part about our friendship is because when we talk, we do laugh the whole time through. We do. And we can raise each other's vibe. I'm confident that we can do it. I think our listeners would think that we're doing it right now. I think so too. So another first year experience or another first experience. This year or in, well, it doesn't have to be this year. It's my first experience in this semi-retirement world that I'm living in because, you know, my husband now, because he works remotely, is living with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I love the man dearly. We've been we've known each other our entire adult lives. We've been married for, I don't know how many years, 38 years or so. I don't remember. He would know it. He would know it. And he's a dear man, but bless his heart, he's driving me crazy. He's driving me crazy. Do you want to say that one more time? (laughs) He's driving me crazy. 
And it's only because we spend so much time together and we actually have gotten along really well, better than I imagined we could. But, you know, his idiosyncrasies. And I imagine this to be like our freshman year of retirement, even though he's still working and I'm still working, we spend far too much time together alone. I can relate. I love my husband dearly. And throughout this whole pandemic, one thing that I've really learned is that um, he thinks I'm not easy to live with. Are there things that about me that drive him crazy? Like, is that even possible? (laughs) I said that damn like word again. Is that even possible? It's surprising. That is surprising. And I've never even had that conversation with Jeff. It never occurred to me that I could drive him crazy. I bet there are some things you do that might. I can't think of any, but you no, I'm around sure. him the whole time. So I'm sure there are. He's just too nice to tell me. He is a very nice man. He is. He's a very nice man. And he always worries about people's feelings where I always worry about my feelings. So he gets the brunt of my frustration. Okay. Well, because I like, tell me the top three things that are irritating you the most about your husband right now. And then I'll show the top three things that are irritating me about my husband, although he's a dear man and I love him so much. <laughs> I'm glad you got that in there. I'm going to sound very petty and I, I own that. I realize I'm very petty, but let's just start with, he doesn't know how to load a dishwasher. Now I know you and I talked about this on our last podcast, but the man does not, he tries to help. He tries. And We have a lot of dishes to do because my son and daughter-in-law are visiting and they do the cooking. We do the cleaning up. That makes me happy. But he doesn't know how to load a dishwasher. Drives me crazy. And when he's doing the dishes, he insists on leaving the dish soap sitting on the counter instead of putting it away under the sink. I know that's OCD. I know it's petty, but it's driving me crazy. Put the damn soap away. That's what I'm saying. I would probably drive you crazy too because I leave the soap out. I know. And it's just not that tough to put it. How much more energy does it take to take that soap and put it under the sink than put it next to the sink? No energy whatsoever. I wish I had an answer for you, but I really don't. It's just what I'm most comfortable with when I'm washing a dish or something Mm -hmm. to have it right there. Okay. But if I said, Michelle... Can you just put the soap under the sink? Wouldn't you make an effort next time around, if I'm there, to put the soap under the sink? If I asked, if I if I came out and I said, would you just put the soap under the sink? I think you would you would make a conscious effort to put it away. I do make a conscious effort. And I think Rob actually would prefer that dish soap being put back under the sink. And I make Mm -hmm. a concentrated effort when he asks me for something. We have an office space in our house Mm -hmm. and I will go in there. I like that room for meditating. Mm -hmm. And when I go in there, he always has the fan going super fast, which Mm -hmm. is a distraction to me. So I turn it down and he has asked me, please, when you're done meditating, just turn that fan back up. And I'm like, I really do try. 70% success rate at that. But when I get it wrong, I hear about it. And I don't like that very much. But at least you try. I do try. Jeff, Jeff doesn't try. He'll say, I'm still using it. If I say, will you put the soap under the sink? He'll say, I'm still using it. And that bugs me. It's like, no, you're not. You haven't used it in like a half an hour. Put the soap away. (laughs) Okay. I know it's petty. I get it. It's not. But it's my freshman year of living with my husband 24-7. Yes. And I prefer, 
And it is a little OCD, but the toilet paper has to come over the top of the roll for me. Mm-hmm. And for Rob, he really doesn't care. But if he loads the roll, he always loads it the other way. So I turn it around and he's mm-hmm. not, not doing it to be annoying. It's just how he does it, his habit. And you know what? I was always a firm believer in the toilet paper coming from underneath like Rob. And I actually had a roommate in college who convinced me that it's better to go over the top. And I actually changed my ways. I think it's a lot neater if it's rolled underneath. That drives me nuts. And it's so weird, but she convinced me that it's more efficient to have it go over the top. And she's right. She's a smart lady. She was right. She was 100% right. So I I, I can be flexible when I need to be. <laughs> how about how clothes are put on a hanger? I like mine a certain direction and Rob likes his the other direction. It's not a battle that I care too much about, but mm-hmm. it does annoy me a little when I see it. I can let it go, although I'm bringing it up right now. So, Well, so you can't really let it go. I'm very meticulous about my closet and I have everything sorted by color and by, well, I do vary, but by color, definitely by outfit, sometimes shirts together, pants together, dresses together, all by color. Good choice. I, I do that also. Yeah. So the point here is, Jeff, if you are listening to this podcast, if you want to hear Suzanne's voice through it and tell her how she did, just please put the soap from now on back under the counter. He won't. He won't. <laughs> okay. So what's number two? Do you want me to do one? You do one. Okay. A difficulty in living with my husband 24-7, and it's actually something I'm so grateful for. Uh, He has been able to work throughout the pandemic, but our home has become his office. And as you know, we're redecorating the office. Right. So our living space is where he takes all of his Zoom calls. And he has a lot of Zoom calls. And I sometimes forget His mom sometimes forgets. I have to share that story. And (laughs) like, I'll turn on the garbage disposal or something. And one time, and this is a funny story. My mother-in-law Sue's air conditioning went out in June. And so she came to stay with us for a couple days. And Rob had a Zoom Zoom call. And she didn't realize that he had his camera on. And so it was too hot to go outside and walk. So she decided to jog in place right behind where the meeting was going on. So Rob's looking and he's like, what is going on? And then he's like, mom, you know, so it was really, really funny. That is so funny. We just had an episode like that with Jeff because Greg and Jamie are on Zoom meetings all day long, every day. Jeff sometimes forgets and he'll make a brief appearance with or without clothes in the background of their Zoom meetings. And it just happened the other day. He was coming up by our pool outside. He was coming out of the pool and the bathing suit wasn't on snugly, kind of lost the bathing suit. Greg (laughs) was sitting in the cabana with dad in the background dealing with the loose swimsuit. It, Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to find the words. That is so funny. Yeah. So yeah, the Zoom meetings are another challenge. So with Rob, he has a habit from the time he wakes up in the morning until he goes to bed at night to watch news. 
And when we were in quarantine, <laughs> it was all day, everything about the virus, which as we talked earlier, it changed every hour. So I guess I get while, why he would listen to it, but it was a lot to listen to. You get to. saturated with I it. Get, I, I did. And there was nothing to tune it on. There were no sports going on during the time or very limited sports. And it was news. And it there's no down. distraction, no distraction whatsoever. But I bet you can guess what my other thing about my husband that drives me crazy. Okay. What is it? His distraction would be listening to Justin Bieber 24-7 from the time he wakes up in the morning till the time he goes to bed at night. Now, this is a... He's a believer. (laughs) This is a 62-year-old man. He maybe doesn't want me to share his age. 62-year-old man who listens to Justin Bieber day and night. And he's a super fan. He is a super fan. And Justin Bieber hasn't always been his person that he listens to. For a long time, it was Maroon 5. We listen. Well, we all do, unless you listen to him 24-7. You wake up in the morning and Justin Bieber's playing. You wake up in the morning and Maroon 5 is playing. You wake up in the morning. At one time, it was Diana Ross. That's all we listen to. And Post Malone. And Post Malone. And when he's on a kick, Justin Bieber, though, has lasted a long time. Okay, I have two stories about (laughs) Jeff and Justin Bieber. And the funniest just happened the beginning of October 2019. Uh, My sister and I had taken a trip to Charleston. Was it Charleston that we went to? And um, it was the same weekend that Justin Bieber was getting married there. And so didn't. Jeff sent a message and asked if I was staying at the same hotel or yes. if I had seen Justin yes. there. And he was serious. It's not, yeah. not like he was just saying it as a joke. He was actually serious, wondering if we had seen any of the festivities going on or if had been present at the ho- if we had been present at the hotel. Yeah. Or if you had tried to get to the hotel to stalk Justin Bieber, which is what we would have done had we been there. Yes, you would have, because you've stalked the whole basketball team before. We, I have. <laughs> We 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 could be stalkers, and that's a whole nother episode, though. Okay, well, our stalking tendencies—that's a whole nother episode. But Justin Bieber and that wedding. What's so funny is when he was texting you that question, he was saying to me, "Oh, well, Justin Bieber probably rented the whole facility. There's no way she could be staying there." <laughs> and guess what? I think he did. I think they had the whole hotel, which. Wouldn't anyone do that if you were having a wedding at a hotel? You would probably have enough guests that you would rent the whole space. So it's not unusual, but Jeff had already decided in his mind, but he still held out hope. And (laughs) He did. And that's what I love about Jeff. He's so hopeful, but I would have to break the news to him. I didn't even see a single limousine while I was there or any fancy cars that the different celebrities who came in for the wedding might have been in. Yeah. Well, you didn't even know he was getting married that weekend. I didn't. (laughs) I was just in, you know, I'd never been to Charleston before. And so I was just there to learn more about the town. Yeah. But the thing with Justin. Yes. And that brings me to the second thing, because as Rob and I, for Jeff's birthday, we got him a Justin Bieber t-shirt and we thought it would be a joke and everyone would laugh, but he wore it. He wears it all the time. It's one of his favorite shirts. And so we live on a golf course in Arizona and he was out walking the golf course and he saw someone he knew that lives on the other side of the golf course, but he realized 
as he was going to go talk to this man that he was actually wearing his Justin Bieber t-shirt. So he didn't. He avoided the man because he didn't want to embarrass himself by wearing a Justin Bieber t-shirt. But he is a 62-year-old man and he has a man crush on Justin Bieber. Hey, there's worse people you can have a man crush on. Right. But number two thing about my husband that drives me crazy living with him 24-7 is that we listen to Justin Bieber day in and day out. Okay, one more thing about, again, back to needing this dedicated office space. Oh, right. Which we're working on. The furniture will be delivered in a couple weeks. But right now he uses our kitchen table and our countertops. And Rob is a piler. I have so many (laughs) different little piles of paper or paper clips. Just oh, right. A whole stack of them in the middle of my Oh, I, I, I see it flusters me. I like a clean house. And before I left to come here, I counted them eight different piles of paper. <laughs> and he was looking for his paper clips because I couldn't handle it anymore. And I decorated for Christmas. So I put them away. I put them where they belong. <laughs> and where they belong, like in my house, do you have a drawer that is labeled paper clips? I have a drawer that's labeled pens. I have another, well, they're small drawers that I take in and I label everything. Mine aren't labeled, but there is a dedicated place. For everything. Yes. Right, right. And so I put them and that threw him because like it was actually, I said that damn word again. I threw him <laughs> because put back in its place. So the little piles everywhere drive me crazy. And then if I touch them or I stack them to clean or because we're going to have dinner because we need a table to eat at. Right. My piles. I'm like, no, I stacked them one this direction, one this direction. I know where to separate them. And I would say that's probably the third thing that drives me crazy about having my husband at home all day is he uses our kitchen island. And I even said to him just yesterday, please, could you just move your work stuff off the kitchen island? And about two weeks ago, I said to him, you know, the whole house can be a mess. As long as my kitchen is clean, I'm happy. And it would be really helpful if you weren't working in the kitchen. We have a dining room you can go work in. We never go in that room anyway. Never use a dining room table. Go work at the dining room table. And yesterday I did finally have to say, if you don't move it, I will because I can't take it anymore. I am mean. It kind of reminds me of my mom and she never did it to be mean. She just did it because she likes a clean house. But when we were younger kids, she would come into our room once a week to vacuum and whatever was on the floor or in her way, she would throw on top of our bed so we couldn't go to bed until we picked it up and put it away. You know what my mom did? Burn things? Well, she put them in a garbage bag and then the garbage bag went in her bedroom, which we were never allowed in. And we had to earn back our things that were in the garbage bag. I don't remember how we earned them back, but that's how we got our things back. Oh, she was a wise woman too. She was, uh, yeah, she was a strict, a strict mom. My sister was a little clever though, because she would just wait for me to clean off my bed and come sleep in my room. (laughs) Her room was always a mess. That's so funny. Probably still is. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So now we've talked about our husbands. Right. We've talked about what I mean by the freshman blues. Well, there are other firsts in life. Like I am just thinking about different things that I've done to kind of push and challenge myself because when it comes to firsts, 
it really is kind of about pushing and challenging yourself. Some things you have no choice about, right? Other things you make that conscious decision to do, like hate that word. When (laughs) I decided to become a Zumba instructor, that very first time up in front of the class, leading the class and the studio I was teaching at preferred if you faced outwards. I couldn't face outward the first time. I was so nervous and my moves were so small. And finally, I just had to embrace that persona. But the very first time, every mistake I made, I'd be like timid and embarrassed. Did everyone in the class know it was your first time? They did because I had been a student at that studio and decided to try and to I thought I could right. be an instructor. And you were an inst- you were a great instructor. Yes, but it was definitely that year of growth, that year where I started, I choreographed my own stuff. I would present it. If I messed up, you would know it because I didn't have the skills to hide it. And I would, sorry, sorry. But then as I got more confident, I did turn around and teach when I, or learn my routines so I could face forward, face people. Right. And I actually had this one routine to a song and I was up there teaching. I was guest instructing in a class and during the song, my shoe came untied. And so I had like (laughs) eight seconds to decide what to do. Right. I kicked that shoe off and kicked the other shoe off and taught the rest of the song barefoot. But And then you were no longer a freshman Zumba instructor. No. Once you have to deal with the shoe that's not tied, you graduate. That's right. That's the graduation point. Well, and I was just thinking about that too, because what was, and I think this is where my conversation started with my daughter-in-law the other day, because we were watching a home and garden show and the couple that they have a new show on the home and garden network, HGTV, and they were talking about how this was their first real design project. It was after they they had completed it and made great choices. And I said that about my own interior design. You never forget that first introduction, the first time you do a job. And the difference with me versus your Zumba class is when I got hired the first time, they didn't know it was my first time. I kind of had to come across as an experienced interior designer that knew what she was talking about. And I had no clue what I was talking about. I was playing a big guessing game. And I designed my way through that house thinking, don't have any idea what I'm doing here. I don't know. I'm just going to guess. I'll just, I'll just give it a shot and see if it works. Unfortunately, the project turned out really well. But You have to get that first experience under your belt as a freshman and you graduate from it and all of a sudden you get it. Yes. And you actually have fabulous taste. (laughs) I had a person come to visit me at my house in Arizona and as they walk through the house, they're like, oh, I love this. I love this. I love that. And every single thing that they loved came from your shop or you helped me pick out. Oh, well, that's very fun. And this person has very good taste. So, well, that's a huge compliment. Yes. She, she was very impressed and you know her too. So, but I, but we all start somewhere. We all have to have that first experience, that first freshman year of trying to figure things out. And it happens with everything. It does. And that brings me 
or my mind because I'm following it to my first child who went off to college. Oh. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. That was the most crushing experience I can remember. And I've had some crushing experiences in my life. But when he went off to college, I I can't even explain the angst that it caused. But he went to the University of Idaho in Moscow. Moscow. I call it Moscow. I think it's Moscow. I don't know. Anyhow, you know, it's not Russia I'm talking about. He went to school in Idaho. (laughs) Right. And the university does a really good job with parents. They do classes for them, like where you can see the different rooms on campus and then you can go to sessions and learn. And so one of the sessions I went to was on how to say goodbye to your child. And the person leading the session, I don't know why they would do this, was going around the room asking each person how they feel. And, you know, the first person was like, oh, I'm fine. This is my third child going to college. And everybody was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it comes to me and I'm like, I am not fine. I'm having a really hard time with this. This is my baby. And I started to cry. And then everybody started to cry. And I, it was just for you. Good for you. It was tough. And poor Cameron being the oldest, I always tell him not to look back after he says that goodbye, because I'm going to be crying. He had me visit, I think, four or five times that first year. (laughs) I just had to check in on him, make sure he was okay, because who would make sure he got home safe at night? Right. Now, I don't remember crying when my daughter, my oldest, went to college. I do remember crying when I dropped her off at kindergarten, which really surprised me because she had been in preschool, although my mom was the preschool teacher. And I remember walking away thinking, I'm no longer the only influence in her life. Now she has teachers. Now she has friends. Now she has other people in her life who will change how she thinks. And I won't be that person anymore. And I remember walking away from her just sobbing. I was by myself though, so no one ever saw me cry, but I sobbed. Ugh. It was heartbreaking for me. And I really have the problem when I try not to cry, I start to laugh. Oh, (laughs) that inappropriate laughter that comes when I don't want anyone to see me cry at the most horrible time. Yeah. And you know what? And I am not normally a crier. I, it takes a lot to get me to cry and I don't have any control over it. It's one of those things that happens when it happens, but like I could be at my son's wedding and never shed a tear. I could be Greg, I cried at your wedding. <laughs> I could I could be at anything and not shed a tear or I could be watching a television commercial and burst out in tears. I don't have any control over it. It's an interesting thing whether you cry or not. I do have a story to tell and I'm embarrassed by it, but it did happen. It was You're- one of those times that I try to hide my crying. Right. And I start to laugh at the worst time. So the moment in a wedding that gets to me more than any other moment in the wedding is when, and I'm tearing up here. I cannot believe I'm tearing up right now, is when the groom is up front, his future wife steps into his vision for the first time and she starts walking down the aisle. 
Well, we had gone to a wedding in North Dakota (laughs) and that moment got me. I started to cry. I didn't want to cry. And so (laughs) I can't even describe the noise. It was like, Ah, oh, what did Rob say? A rhinoceros or something, or a, oh, a dinosaur or something? I'm like sure. it was bad. No, I was trying not to laugh because that's what I do, and it came out as some weird animal noise or something. And everybody looks at me, and they all start laughing, and I just oh, that is so bad. Oh. And they still tease me about it. And now I'm nervous because Jimmy and Eva's wedding is coming up, right? And I don't want that to happen to me. That you'll start laughing instead of crying. Well, no, I'm crying, but then it turns to laughter and then it's kind of a cry laugh. It's (laughs) really embarrassing. I'm surprised you haven't seen me do it yet. I haven't. I've never seen you I'm thankful you haven't seen me do it yet. So now that I've embarrassed myself in so many ways today. You have had a lot of embarrassing stories today. Not that I find them embarrassing, but... Yeah, I'm letting my personality shine because as we said in the trailer, you bring that out in me, Suzanne. So this is all your fault. But anyhow, it is the first week of December. And so I thought it would be fun if we put something out there to our listeners. Christmas is coming and we've all had that experience of buying gifts for people and receiving gifts. I'm not a good gift receiver. It makes me uncomfortable. But there are some gifts that are definitely memorable, probably because I wasn't very happy about them. So listeners, if you have any stories that you would like to share with us for a future podcast episode about a gift you received, what it was, how it made you feel, and your reaction to it, please email it to orangejuicepodcast at gmail.com. And maybe, just maybe, in January, We'll be sharing these stories. So if you would like to contribute or have a funny story you would like to share, we would love to hear about it because in a future episode, that will be the episode. And I'll have plenty of my own stories to share. Right. We're going to have to do a countdown. Right. Of the top 10 worst gifts we've ever received. We might have to share because I can only really think of three. Really? Yeah. But that's for a future episode. (laughs) That is a future episode. (laughs) Okay, everybody out there in podcast world, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Because it is December, please remember to smile and to say hello to everybody. It costs nothing to be nice. And the holiday season isn't very easy for everybody. So as you approach the next couple of weeks, put on a big smile, say happy holidays, and live your best life. So until next week, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy. And Riley. And you know, if we had Godsend music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know everything about podcasting kind of guy. And the best part for us was that he was so nice and down to earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. 
And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are technology challenged. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.